Hello, everyone, and welcome to the To Have and To Roll podcast. My name is Oliver. On this show, Robin and myself spoke with Jess from Our Adventuring Party. Jess is a content creator and YouTuber. Her videos cover all aspects of the LARP hobby. You can find videos on there from how to get started in LARP to advice on role-playing. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you give this video a thumbs up. If you're new here, consider subscribing. If you're listening on your favorite audio platform, feel free to give us a nice review. That will help people find us. And with that all out of the way, let's get into the conversation with Jess. laughing for and how did you get into the beautiful hobby of LARP? Oh, so I started LARPing um, in late 2012. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. 2012. Yeah. Um, I first heard of LARPing when I was about 17, which is before 2012, but we won't get into that too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but none of my mates wanted to go with me at all. So I kind of just slept on that for a few years. Um, and then I met my now husband who, uh, it turned out went LARPing when he was in his teens, Mm -hmm. uh, with his older sister. And I was like, great, show me. (laughs) Um, and it's just kind of snowballed from there, really. So, so what uh, game system Uh, did your now husband play then when he was, uh, he played in rules two of the Lorian trust, um, considering they're in rules four now. So they've had a couple of, uh, interesting revi- revision since then okay um so, so that, is that like editions of the game then because we are we are totally ignorant yeah we've never been trust. to Lorian trust so don't know yeah. anything about the system at all that's fair uh the Lorian trust has been around since the early 90s uh-huh. so um they've had a couple of iterations of the rules as uh, things have gone on they found out things that don't work yeah. or things are way overpowered so uh <laughs> they revise it every single time every i say I don't know how many years it takes. The latest rules edition is the first one I've had since I started. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's so he played all the way back in sort of the early two thousands, and now, uh, now we're we're together. And I made him take me laughing, and we've not stopped. You just not stopped. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so so that was because like Lauren Trust is a is a big fest LARP. So was that your first mm-hmm. experience of of laughing? Because a lot of people tend to start, we didn't, we started at, at Empire, but a lot of people tend to start at the smaller, the smaller LARPs and then move up. What was, what was that like jumping so, right in? Um, I, ac- I accidentally crashed a, um, a smaller sanctioned event that was being run by some more interest players. I did not know that's what it was. Neither did Nick. Um, <laughs> And that was my first introduction. So all these poor people who had like planned a specific event to deal with a specific plot line, yeah, um, had these two newbies <laughs> come along, <laughs> and they just had to deal with us. And I feel so sorry for them all because I feel like we slowed them down massively. Um, but to be fair, um, they were all super super nice. And when we followed up with them the next year and went to the actual Law Interest Big Games, they were the ones we went and played with, and we're still friends with a load of them to this day. Um, so thank God I've met a bunch of nice people. Otherwise, that could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. So how so how did you end up uh, get, like crashing into that? Then did you, did you just go? Oh yeah. We just random. We just randomly searched for for a LARP and um, <laughs> that, for an event that was going with the Lorian Trust, and it said uh-huh. this was a small event that had like you know fifty people. And we thought 
thought that would be good for a starter and it probably wasn't but you know i survived it was fine uh-huh well, so what was your what was your first uh what was your first kit like oh it was a disaster was um <laughs> I think it was some faux suede trousers that I really badly embroidered with some leaves. Oh, well, that's good effort, though. That's, yeah, nah, that's a lot. No. <laughs> and I can't even remember where what I wore on top. I think it was like a jumper with a corset over the top because it was cold and it was winter. Uh-huh, yeah. Works. <laughs> uh, it didn't look great, um, but it, it functioned. And uh, I don't think there's any photos of me in it, which I think is for the best. <laughs> 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 so you've been playing in Lauren Trust then since it was two so 2012, right? So that's like yeah, that's let's so it's over a de- that's you're on a decade now, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's get going. <laughs> I am, yeah. Yep. Uh long time playing now, yeah. So yeah. Lorian Trust have been going to yeah, since 2012. Yeah. Um, but it's in the last sort of four or five years I've started to expand everything so I've been going to uh, a few different LARPs since then oh yeah yeah so what was so um because obviously you have a you have a YouTube channel um that you do all the do all your LARP content mm-hmm. creation when did you start with the with the content creation then so I started um starting July 2019 um when I was just coming to the end of my maternity leave because uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I spent about six months binging LARP YouTube um, while taking care of my son for the first six months of his life uh-huh. um, because I couldn't go to some events because I had a baby yeah. um, and I couldn't get out and do anything. I wasn't working, so I was really, really bored. And I ended up watching a lot of LARP YouTube and I was getting quite annoyed by some YouTubers, because no fault of their own, some of them post very irregularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I can post stuff regularly. I was like, I'm just going to post a video every two weeks um, about some nonsense about LARP and see how it goes. And it's done all right. Yeah, so some, some of your earlier content then, Jess, because we've kind of, because we've recently stepped into the content creator space and then discovering everyone else in this, in this, uh, in this space. Was it focused on Lauren Trust then, if that is... The main thing you knew did you come at it from that kind of perspective or did you try and because because we're very empire focused and i'm always Mm -hmm. i'm getting conscious of like has this got an appeal for everybody i didn't i didn't want to make it incredibly law interest focused Mm. because uh the play base in general for law interest while it is a fest system and still quite big um it, it, it not everybody in the UK plays it. It's not even the biggest LARP in the UK. Empire is obviously a lot bigger. Uh, Curious Pastimes is a similar size. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who don't play multiple systems. Yeah. So what I went for was I wanted to try and... I was talking about fantasy LARP to go into like rules specific, specifications or anything like that because not everything applies to everybody. So yeah. I was going for semi-generic fantasy LARP content. Yeah. Um, which did seem to appeal. I did get start getting responses from people abroad, um, as well as people here in the UK. Yeah. Um. So it seemed to translate over quite well. Yeah. Yeah. How how did it um did it has it affected your affected your game at all? You know, as people people kind of go, oh yeah, especially if you're like, because we found it slightly slightly, uh, towards like the end of the year, like people would like find your content and then be like, oh hey, you know, I found your content. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as, as, it ha- sorry, go on. 
It happened a few times at at, at LT, um, just a couple okay. of people here and there. What made it really weird was when I went to Empire the first time this year and had a bunch of people do it to me there when I'd never been to this game before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what is what was the uh, what was the Empire uh, experience like compared to what you're used to at Lauren? Because that, that's obviously that's that's a long time to be in a system, and then to jump over to another one. So, what what was mm-hmm. was there a big difference for you? Uh, not as much as you'd think. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of people at Empire is um, a lot bigger. Yeah. And add to that as well, all the tents are a lot more crowded together because um, the primary difference I found is law interest is very combat heavy, while okay. Empire oh, okay. is not as much. So Empire obviously has its big battles and then it has its sort of a uh, few smaller things going on, particularly in sort of the evenings. Um, law interest, you can be randomly attacked by a monster group at any time. Oh, really? <laughs> um, at your tent. Yes. Yes. So... Um, the reason the camps are well spread out is to give safety room for fighting because um, your plot teams will go into the backstage area, get a bunch of monsters together, and they will bring them to your camp gate and they will just go for you. Oh, what? So, so is it over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is it, um, what's the, what's the time, what's the time frame? 10 a.m. in the morning till 1 a.m. Oh, oh, so it's, oh, so it's similar then. Okay. Right. Yeah. Very similar. Um, but yeah, you can, and it's not just limited at your gates either. You can be walking across the marketplace or anything like that, and monsters can just appear. Sometimes small groups, sometimes a lot of them. Um, that includes in the middle of the night. Um, pe- people's characters do go missing and are just never seen again. Yeah. So is it is it a little bit like the you know because we, we know Empire the best, but uh, is mm-hmm. is that kind of plot and crew that are, are attacking or is there any like pvp in oh it's a combination of all of it oh, there's right, loads yeah. of it um <laughs> so most of the big stuff you'll see is um plot led and uh-huh. people will go down to the monster room play monsters for a little bit go out with plot teams and do whatever they're told to um pvp does happen uh-huh. in various circumstances i've seen um on like murder groups go out from faction like literally if they're going off to hunt somebody they will go and just disappear into the dark come back later um but there's also we've had a few times where one faction has marched on another faction which is always quite impressive when you see a group of you know 500 or so players marching across the field to go and take on um another 500 players who so who've upset them Okay, so... it doesn't happen that often, uh, but when it does, it's a sight. <laughs> yeah. So, what are the what are the distinct factions then? Are they like races or kingdoms or what? Uh, so they're based on uh, kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're all named after animals um, to make them really simple and distinctive. Yeah. But each yeah. faction has sort of a generalized theme. That I'm part of is known as the Lions, and they are um, half uh, Arthurian mythology combined with some Atlantean mythology. Nice. It's a long history. There's a long history behind that combination, and I won't go into it because we'll be here all night. Other factions, we've got like the Tarantulas, which are based on um, traditional sort of subterranean elves from D&D. Then you've got um, the Wolves, who are based on Viking and sort of, you know, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh god, I could go into the jackals are based on Arabian and Egyptian mythology, and it just keeps going from there, really. Oh wow, yeah. Oh, I love that. That sounds so cool. I think um, 
out the ones that you're describing there as well I feel like we'd end up like going towards the lions anyway because just the way you described it sounds a little similar to what we're in at the minute in Empire yes come to the lions they're great (laughs) (laughs) go to the lions Come to the lions. Yeah, we're all we're all mental. Yeah, um, yeah. You said Arthurian. That's us. Just yeah, all over. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there's another group. There's another group. The Hearts, which are also a bit Arthurian oh, as really, well. The lions yeah. and the Hearts used to be one faction before they had a civil war in the nineties. Um, oh, very complicated. Oh, I missed it. I've no idea what happened. So are the lions, the better one then. I would say that, but that's because I'm in it. Um, it doesn't make it true. Um. Yeah, they're, they're, they're quite a small faction. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think it's fair to say we're the greatest, but I will die for them. So, you know. Yeah, it's it sounds it sounds very like like a bit like a Guild Wars type thing, you know. It, it sounds Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, more what it's like than like kind of nations like empire. So what's the what's like the oh cuz you said that oh there's like history in and this and that. What, you know, civil wars in the 90s. What's the overarching plot like? Cuz it must be a a kind of large plot for a lot of players to go for that long as well. Um the plot that they run tends to vary from year to year. Usually arcs over the course of like 4 or 5 years. We recently had large war with a another conquest on Imperial China. Um and that went on for quite a while. It was very dramatic. There were full-on dragon puppets. Warriors appeared at one point. Uh, that was terrifying as well. And that went on for quite a while. Um, several of my friends' characters died in that that war. It was quite terrifying. Uh, since then, we've had a battle with um, a Fane nation called Arcadia. Um, and we had to spend several years dealing with the Silver Throne and the fey lords that sort of ruled that land and i honestly i'll be honest know what the current world plot is i've spent the last six years um actually running one of the in-game guilds okay uh-huh, uh, yeah. so a lot of my focus has been on that and writing the plot for those guilds but i actually stepped down from that uh last summer so i'm a full player again for the first time in over half a decade oh so you were pretty you were pretty much uh like crew then like plot crew yeah yeah for quite a while yeah what's what's that like writing writing games for uh for larp do you uh do you play like ttrpgs or anything like that um i try to um i was into D for a little bit um i sometimes play on and off with some friends i've got a couple of friends who are trying to restart a tabletop dragon age game that we had going a while back oh yeah uh, which i'm, which we, I'm yeah, really yeah. forward to because that was great <laughs> yeah we, we, um, we played dragon age ttrpg for a for a while for a long while actually didn't we Rather oh quite a while yeah <laughs> Yeah, good times. I ended up playing. I ended up playing a Tavinta Mage that was a cross between Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian, which is hilarious. <laughs> that sounds about right for the Dragon Age. I really love the the whole like if you use magic, then you might end up in the Fade, you know. And it was just like every time you use magic, yep. it was like, uh oh, what's go- what's going to happen? Anyway, my, my my reason for asking that was, is it anything like like writing writing plot for LARP? Is it anything like writing, uh, you know, like um stories and adventures for ttrpgs or is it a little I would, more complicated in some ways it's a, i would say it's a little bit more complicated just because while the principal stuff is there in that um you should ideally know where you're going to start finish and end roughly um and at the same time being aware that players will likely derail it it can be it the main difference i think is that if you don't know, you will never know the players at a larp as well as you will players in a tabletop game because your tabletop game is generally your friends whereas a larp you could have anybody and 
some of the creative solutions that you think they're going to come up with not only don't come up, but they come up with a whole new set. And it's like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> um, I once had a, a I, I, I wrote a plot, uh, my very first plot that I wrote. I'm not a good plot writer, just for clarification. So do not ever, do, don't be afraid to tell me this is absolute crap. Um, I wrote a plot about essentially uh, some eco activists. And I use air quotes because you can't use the word terrorist um, <laughs> in family friendly art. Yeah, it's fair enough. And they said she sent exploding letters to all the factions. It nearly killed a few people. It was great. And then, and basically, they were trying to campaign for equal rights for like beast people, which they already had, but frankly, these people didn't care. And they wanted a private island that they essentially could, um, you know, use as a refuge for, you know, all of their people. And what I expected the players to do was to shiv them. What I did not expect was the players to just go, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's your island <laughs> so these these these, pe- these these activists had gone and they'd like sent bombs after people they'd sent assassins after people and then they made their demands and all the players just went yeah all right <laughs> I, I i wouldn't have said yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> my expect yeah. was to be no shiv and that didn't happen so uh now somewhere on uh somewhere in the world of the lorian trust there is an island full of uh, uh, animal people who are very pleased with themselves. Yeah, well, it's it's cool that you can yeah you can add to that <laughs> that wider that wider world world building and things like that. I know it's not it's not an exact science, right? Especially yeah. writing, um, yeah, writing adventures for D and D, and and we've spoken to a couple of people that are into plot in LARP, and it's just like don't the the advice the the great advice you're always given. I've never been able to follow it if I'm writing an adventure is present them with a just present them with a problem and don't come up with a solution because then you'll then you can't be like oh no they've done this you just go okay here and then just uh just react to what they do after the fact yeah yeah and in an ideal world that would be great the problem was is that the law interest events are all held quite close together oh really so yeah so the first two events of the year are held on both may bank holidays and the other yeah and what? the other two, yes. <laughs> so both Maybank holidays are, are the first two events of the year, and the second two events are the first weekend in August, and then the August bank holiday. So sometimes you find yourself having just two weeks of events, depending on where the bank holidays land. And if your players have come up with something completely, you know, off the cuff at the first one, and you've got two weeks to work out what to do next. It's really not ideal. So the usual plan is that you try and get the plot in for both ahead of time because the world plot team are great. They set deadlines ahead of both of the events so that you know when to get stuff in. And then you kind of have to alter the second event one depending on what happens in the first one. But you might only have that because they've got to sign off on it ready for the next event. That's that's that's, um, that's the world plot team are at the Lorian Trust are great. There's three of them. They're awesome. Uh, they're, they're overworked in so many ways because they've got to sign off on all of our crazy ideas. As a, as a player, <laughs> it takes me six weeks to recover between the two, like between oh, two yeah. big weekends. I couldn't do. I I I I'd die. No, I can't. Oh yeah, feel sympathy for ourselves. Feel sympathy for the the LTS who also do Empire. Sometimes there's less than a week between those events. <laughs> Literally, some people roll straight off them off from LT and go straight into Empire without even returning to work. 
Yeah, that's that's crazy. Where's um, can... where's Laura Interest held? It's held at a place called Loco Park, which is in Spondon, just outside of Derby. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's quite a, this, that's quite a, a a trek if you're going from one to the other as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I also I I live in Nottingham, so I'm quite close to Derby. Oh, right. Yeah, so I'm very aware of that trek. Yeah. 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 We're 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 kind of spoiled with Empire because we're only like um, an hour and twenty minutes. No, away. I was yeah. very lucky. Yeah, I was very I was very lucky with um, Empire. Because I was really thinking, my original plan was I was going to have to get the train because uh, Debbie, the lovely person who was letting me share her tent, didn't have room in her car. So I was like, I'm going to track down on the train with everything. And then I managed to um, score a lift from the Empire LARP travel page um, with some random people who turned out to be the LARPs and TARPs podcast. (laughs) Oh, they're wonderful people. That's amazing. Like by accident. They're great. They were great. And I was so excited because I listened to their podcast and I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And then they didn't listen to I don't think they knew of my channel, which was which is completely fine. I don't ever expect anyone to like know my channel. I'm an itty bitty channel. But they were telling me all about their channel. And, I was just, and a little voice in my brain went, I want to tell you about mine. You but should. it sounds weird yeah. now. <laughs> you should have. I would have. I would have been like, yeah. I'm rather excited Hello. about all of you lot. So I'm going to leave it. <laughs> they know now. <laughs> Yeah, they don't now. Yeah, um, I'm actually hoping to see them in there. I'm hoping to see them in March at um, LARPCon, uh, which is up here in Colville. So All right, yeah. Are you guys coming to that? I, I don't know. We 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 didn't really know it existed until like the beginning of the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if if we can if we can get to it, it would be cool. We're we're heading to a kit fair next weekend. What's uh, your game? Yeah, what's your game? Yeah, which is literally just down the road from us uh but yeah i mean well we've we've never been i'm assuming larpcon is a little bit like any other type of convention i'm assuming it's all like traders and uh kind of panels and things like that is it yeah um quite a lot of traders they do have a few panels here and there um i wasn't able to go last year so i'm I'm pretty sure they've expanded a little bit as well uh they have guest speakers and sort of like special guests but they also have like some competitions and some like tournaments that people take part in as well but so it's pretty good over the course of the weekend uh the first one i went to um i went to literally just after my son was born so it was like the first time we took him anywhere yeah. but i could not go because um the main the main guest was uh the guy who played raven in the tv show from you know yeah. tv <laughs> i was like i have to go <laughs> i Some need to meet this man and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> I was I was like literally less than twelve weeks postpartum. I was like, I don't care, I'm going. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I can only just walk now. It's fine. Yeah. We'll go. Right. Yeah. Go Arthur's it. never been exposed to people before. It's fine. <laughs> this is the first person I'm um, meeting outside the family. There. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good day. It's a good couple of days. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good couple of days. So um, if you guys want to come, please. Please, you can pay on the gate. Like I say, gate the door. So it's not, and it was not like any more expensive if you do. Um, I know the LARPs and tops are going. I think like a few other Empire LARPers are going. Um, I know Hefty Yeti goes. Steve, he's brilliant. Uh, I don't know if he's going this year though. Um, oh, we definitely won't go then. We'll have voiced. Oh no, no, I don't <laughs> want to go. Steve's going. So yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I'm trying to see how many of us we can get into one room. That that'd be oh. that'd be fun. We could do we could do a do a meetup, yeah. do a little bit of a creator a creator meetup or something. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. 
Yeah, I could just all film each other as we go around. <laughs> to do, yeah, no, to, to one big vlog train going through. The, the if you want to see everyone, you got to go into everyone's channels. Yeah. I, I think that type of thing would be good for us because we're very much, obviously, uh, you know, we love Empire and the Empire uh, community. Uh, but I think something like that would be good to kind of branch out into the kind of wider the wider LARP space as wider, well. Yeah, wider LARP space. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. yeah, we like like you were saying that like, we we know people in Empire, um, but that that's we've not tried any other LARP systems yet because oh, you're I missing mean, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm missing out so much. Yeah. So what? So lots of different games advertise themselves at LARPCon. A lot of the smaller games. Um, but it's your particular interests. So like there's different sci-fi games. Um, Orion Sphere is a big one that sort of start coming up in things. They have their own um, uh, piloting system for piloting starships, like a proper one that they've got set up and running. It works really, really well. What? Then, what? <laughs> yeah. All these exist. Yeah, there's so much stuff going. There's um, Northern Kingdoms, which is oh, a yeah. Witcher LARP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, what's the There's Tank LARP. I always recommend Tank LARP. I've never been. But the fact is, is it's exactly what it sounds. You get to go and drive a tank. They have tanks, like real ones. They hire I want to drive a tank. LARP. <laughs> yes, go to tank club. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Um, that entire thing, just driving a tank. <laughs> there's role play. There's role play to it. But yes, but there is some lamb, a large portion of it is driving around a tank. That actually, that is a part of their role play. I mean, that that sounds that's that sounds great. This is why you need to go to LARPCon. Yeah, a lot of people like we like we're literally we're literally hearing about these these LARPs from from you right now. Is and you mm -hmm. were saying about like your content creation. Do you think that there seems to be a big space for content creation in LARP, literally because people either don't know what LARP is or mm -hmm. they just don't know what's available or how to get into it. Even the people in the space don't know about half the stuff that's that's going on yeah i think there's i think um especially larp in the uk i think once we get into a system that we really enjoy it's really easy to get comfortable yeah and sometimes it doesn't even yeah. occur to you that you know you you can go off and do another one plus let's be on it let's be fair to us all it's a lot of headspace and a lot of energy just to sort of maintain one larp game especially if you're going multiple times a year but there are so many good like one-off LARPs or smaller LARPs. Um, I know one I keep seeing on Abby's feed is, um, uh, what's it oh, come on, what's called? Uh, second Breakfast. Which second is breakfast. LARP. I, I knew you were going to say um, Second Breakfast and you said Abby's feed because, yeah. Abby loves Second Breakfast. <laughs> yeah. so I keep watching it going, I want to go to Hobbit LARP. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's games for pretty much every taste, every genre, Um all ages as well. I mean, Vampire the Masquerade's a big one because that's yeah. been around forever. You can find yeah. you know, sections of that all over the country if that's what you're into. Um, is as well. And it's fascinating. I know somebody who recently ran a LARP where I think the currency of it was time. And it was kind of an existential kind of, you know, what do we do when we only have so much time? You know, and if we could trade time for, you know, commodities or whatever. I think that's what she did. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm no. not good with ex I'm not good with existential stuff. So I was just like, I'm not going. Um, but I, it's, yeah. but everyone I know who had, but yeah. So I I love LARP in the fact that it's got so many different genres and it can cater so many things and you can explore so much of yourself through that. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's really easy for us to sort of be limited in this one idea of what we think LARP should be. 
and we don't have to be we can just you know keep keep exploring yeah exactly exactly so what's what's your uh what's your laurian trust character like uh so uh her name's briar uh she started essentially as what would happen if uh, i if i throw a disney princess into this scenario um and the answer is uh she becomes a crazy ice person who um i keep keep sort of joking with my friends that her end goal is to essentially become the night king from game of thrones and just freeze over the world and try and kill them all nice. um like that could nice. happen that is still an option so we're gonna see how it goes but she, she's great she um she is a archer character she led the rangers guild for i led it for four years and yeah she's now retired to back to the Lions faction to take care of her family, where I expect she'll be promptly murdered by people who don't like her there. Uh, <laughs> years ago, um, which is fine. That's that's the nature of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so what what number of character is that? Is there is is death quite common in the Lorian Trust system or? Um, not too common. Yeah. Um, some characters do last quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It, it does depend. Like, we do have certain characters who are essentially playing hitmen, and you can hire them out from, uh, and if, if you want to have someone bumped off for various reasons. Um, at the same time, sometimes you just got muggers who are a little bit too good at their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't happen too often. I, I have been to entire events where nobody died. Oh, really? Um, yeah, events where there's large numbers of death is where things suddenly become significant. Um, I have also been to a smaller event where we had what can only be described as a massacre. Oh my god! I think we lost 15. <laughs> it was a small event. It was about 50 of us there. I think we lost 15 characters in the final battle. Um, it was brutal. We were we lost really bad. We had to leave people behind. Like people died. Yeah. Um, well, like we were all bawling at the end of it as they're doing the final, you know, sign off. Um, so yeah, co- yeah, combat combat in the Lorian Trust. You were saying that it you go you get knocked unconscious and then there's no mm-hmm. you can you can scream and shout you can scream and shout at Empire, but you can't. Uh, no, you can't at Lorian. You can if it's you can if it's your arms or your legs. If your head or your chest are at zero, then yeah, you're out and you yeah. are just going to have to hope that somebody sees you or spots you, um, which they may do, they may not. Um, uh, our bleed time in, uh, is a lot longer than Empire Zone. Right, so, okay. uh, if you're only bleeding for from if you're bleeding from all locations, it's a lot shorter. But if you're only bleeding from a few, it's about ten minutes. I think it's ten minutes. Oh, okay. So if somebody finds you and you, so you you can't shout or anything if it's your head or your chest. But if somebody finds you, are they able to communicate with you in any way to find out which area? If it they is? can, if they can heal you back up um and get you conscious again then yes absolutely uh right okay if not um then maybe they know speak with dead um oh my gosh (laughs) so you you said like and even then you can only answer yes or no questions or speak or dead so that's not helpful oh that's like D &D. yeah yeah okay so you said like different bleeding from different areas is it like other your hit points and things like areas yeah so empire has um Global, isn't it like global hits, but locational damage, right? So uh, like, only, yeah, yeah only, no, only for um, only so yeah, you have a pool of hit points, but it uh, only things like cleave will 
will be limb specific. Yeah. 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 So in in the Lorian Trust, um, the hits are per location only. So you can most people have everyone has at least one hit and they have one hit to each location. Mm-hmm. Um if a location goes to zero, it becomes unusable. If that is your chest or your head, you become unconscious. You can um, add hits to it and you can have armor, which obviously which adds more hits. Um but it's all locational. So except for a couple of odd things here or there, which are magic spells of various kinds. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the main sort of thing. So if I get hit, let's say three times on my left arm, I can't use my left arm anymore. I can still run run away. Yeah. <laughs> my legs are fine, so <laughs> I will leave. So it's harder to get put on the floor, but once you're there, it's a bit tricky to get people to come help you. Yeah, yeah. So the, these big, um, you're saying like the big battles, how many people are usually involved in in Because obviously the ones at Empire are like huge. Uh, what's... Ones at Empire are huge. Um, I would say Lorian Trust ones aren't as big, mm-hmm. but there's usually less people who have stayed behind in camps to do them. Right. So, okay. you know, because obviously in Empire, you have to go off to the field through the gate and, you know, some people will, quite a lot of people, in fact, will stay and, you know, do whatever. They'll yeah, hang I mean, out. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, um, I would say it's probably the biggest fights I think I've I've seen had around a thousand people on each side. It has been less in later years because um, numbers aren't as great as they used to be. A lot of people are trying other systems, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some clips of some of the last battles from last year on TikTok. If you want to have, have a look at that at some point, yeah. I was say, yeah, no. So you said you've got some clips of the fighting on TikTok and things like that. So does yeah. that mean at Laurie Trust, are you able to um, record, take videos, photographs, yes. and things like that, and time in? Yes. Ah, okay. I, <laughs> I I did ask permission. I don't just do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yes. So I have some battles footage from the battles uh i tried to get some footage of um around the guild area but it was really late at night and my camera was terrible um <laughs> i'm hoping to get a new camera before the events this year and hopefully get some more battle sequences in um because it's, it is absolutely spectacular to watch and i completely yeah. understand why empire doesn't allow you to do that and that's fair enough um but yeah uh these the staff at lt were more than happy to let me film um no one complained about me doing so. Um, some people who have watched yeah. it have gotten quite excited to have seen themselves on there. So yeah, yeah I, never... mean, I was I was thinking that today because I watched um, I watched your most recent video, the one that you had like um, uploaded this week, and mm-hmm. I was watching that and I saw that you had some videos in there of um, some it looks more like people like getting ready to battle and um, out and about and stuff. And I was like, oh, this looks like actual. Like footage at the it event, you know, footage, yeah. everybody's in character. <laughs> yeah, um, the lawyer interest has been very accommodating with me. Um, I'm I'm working really hard to try and make sure I'm not interrupting people's game. I don't think I've always succeeded, but I'm getting better and better each time. So, um, and once I can get, my aim is to get quite a um, subtle handheld camera next this year. Oh, that'd be um, good. Which I can take into fights because it won't be as big and clunky as my regular camera. Um. I, I wonder if there's a work. Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder if there's a way to incorporate a camera into your kit somehow so that it's like, you know, totally like discreet, but kind of works out in that sort of way. <laughs> I do keep sort of going, could I get a GoPro in here? Um, 
Uh, there must be a way. Like I know yeah. people who do leather work, so like, like so. Surely there must be a way that I can just get a pouch like with a like a hole in it, so I can put a camera on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to try things out. Yeah, I I gotta admit that even just just the the fact of yeah being able to film like obviously you know like you said you you ask and that's obviously what you 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 should do and Empire I I appreciate that there's no yeah that they, they have the rule but mm -hmm. when you're a content creator it's kind of handy to get some. It does, to get yeah. some footage, you know, um, and not only is like, like, you know, found decisions are, are, are very sharp on it, but also the player base is quite, quite sharp on it as well. So any, any time we've shown people, we've tried to get permission from profound decisions from mm -hmm. the, all the photographers that we use. And we try, we try to get everybody in everybody who's in the photograph, even if they're like in the Happy. distance you know, and I, most most of the people have been happy with what we've done. You know, we've we've had maybe one or two people go, oh yeah, I don't know, people or people will like speak for other people and go, oh, I don't think people will be happy with, uh, you know, you you showing these people in <laughs> in in this in this setting. I'm like, yeah. I assure you, we've asked. You know, so the community seems quite quite sensitive to that, don't they? Or have you? Found I know that? that. Um, not really at Lauren Trust. No. Um. So if anybody is uncomfortable, I am more than happy to cut them out course, um, yeah. and yeah. offer a big apology. Um, but in defense of Empire players, I know they've had some bad experiences with cam people coming and filming in the past. I know that's why there was a blanket ban a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I completely get it. I mean, I have a couple of bits of footage from Empire, um, one of which did very well on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, but as you can, you'll see, it's got a lot of mist in it because I filmed it at 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the loo, looked out at the mist over the camp and over the uh, the marketplace, and went, "Oh, that looks great! I'm just going to get a quick bit of bit of that on my camera." Oh, um, is, is that is that the image you have on your like on your opening for your videos? Is that was that a different image? Uh that might be a different image. That might, from LT. Yeah. that might be from LT. Yeah, I take a lot of photos and images mm -hmm. from, of LARPs at five in the morning. Because I get up at stupid o'clock yeah. for some even go to bed at go to bed at one a.m. and I'm still up at five six a.m. for some dumb reason, yeah. and there's nobody about, so I just that's when I find it. And sometimes the lighting's brilliant, so I'm just like I'm just gonna go and take some photos, do get a bit of footage of the camps while people aren't ruining it. Oh yeah, um, exactly. I mean, like there's, there's there's been a couple of times I've got a few like nice little videos, and it's been like. First thing we got we got up as early as we can because we make mm -hmm. coffee from the tent. So we'll get up yeah. nice and early to get the coffee done. And I've looked out the glory square and the flags are sitting just right and it's a little bit of mist. And I'm just like, yes, yes, yeah. this is perfect. And nobody's in the shot. <laughs> yeah. And people won't I don't think people at Empire will complain too much because it when it's that misty, it's blatantly obvious that it's before anybody's yeah, awake. Definitely so, and I think that's the big thing is that they really don't like it once timing started. Yeah. Um which is you know, which is fair. So yeah, I think it's yeah, fair. but I I really appreciate the law interest being so accommodating. Um I've asked at a couple of LARP, other LARPs if I can film um smaller ones, some don't get back to me. Yeah. Um, which is fine. If they don't, then I won't. Simple as I'll still talk about the events afterwards and yeah. um mm -hmm. make those videos, but I do find they're not as popular if you don't have footage. So well, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah um, it's it's difficult, and it's difficult to yeah give give people an idea of of what LARP is without 
photographs and yeah and video and you you know what it's like you because you're you're doing uh video content and we, we kind of want to do obviously we've got to have our podcast where we want to do a, a few more kind of shorter form videos and yeah you you want to break up that break up the whole you're sitting in front of a camera talking with bits of media to be like this is an example of what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah i've been feeling the, the lack of lot footage even i have um especially over this winter when i found that i need to have more and more like stock footage just to break up the b-roll on my videos you've probably noticed it as they've gone on it's just like this is more just random stuff and that's vaguely relevant but it's not really anything. And it's because I just haven't got, it's because I just haven't got the footage. Um, you did a great one this week. I'm sorry. When you were talking about, um, I'm trying to remember the part of the video. I think you're talking about rules or something. And you literally had footage of people's hands on the computer. And I was like, that's genius. That is genius. Yeah, that's just, that's just some anything. random stock footage. That I got. But I, I, I've edited on, um, on Filmora. And Filmora has um, some stock footage from like Pixels as part of oh, really? their of their package so i just go oh. on that and just search rules or you know typing or whatever and something appears and i've tried to find one that looks vaguely along the lines of what you want yeah that's pretty yeah. cool yeah the thing is if, if like people want the if people want the hobby to grow and it, it will whether they like it or not or it or it won't yeah. and there will be there there will be more people if it's not i mean people can get maybe annoyed at people like us coming in and doing it if they don't like us taking photos or videos but if it's not us it's going to be someone else and it's going to be it's yeah. going to be someone else you know um it, you can't really because I've, I've seen online people go oh yeah i wish there was more larp i wish there was more because you know all the small larps are full and i wish there was more mm -hmm. best larps and you're like well yeah well people have to market this and i know i, I know uh, PD have been open about this and they aren't the best when it comes to social media and uh, um, marketing their game yeah. in that realm. And they do rely on content creators to do that, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a big thing. LARP is becoming um, one of those hobbies that is becoming more and more mainstream. And I've sort of noticed that over the last 10 years as well, is that when I first started laughing and I would like tell colleagues I have a, I have about it and people are like, well, what's that? Um, and literally uh, yesterday I was at um, this comp, this event that I was running and as part of the icebreaker, we did like a person bingo uh, that I wrote, which was like, find somebody with a weird hobby, which... <laughs> And people came and asked me, like, do you have a weird hobby? And I went, yes, I'm a LARPer. And they went, oh, that's really cool. And these are like people who I don't expect to have ever heard of what LARP is at all. And yeah, they got it immediately. I think it just keeps appearing in more mainstream stuff as well. I mean, we always yeah. sort of things, uh, we were, everyone sort of refers to things like, you know, role models or uh, was it Jennifer's Body, which also had LARPers in? Yeah. Um yeah. Don't remember. I don't watch it because that Megan Fox's face. Well, something like that. I don't know if it was Megan. Megan Fox's face in that terrified yeah. me. I just remember there being laughers <laughs> in it. Um, I might be thinking of a different one. There's no, at least one. No, you're right. There is. I. There's also there's also one with Peter Dinklage. I don't know if that's Jennifer's body, but the, they summon a demon of some kind as well. Um, and that was kind of the old sort of LARP films you had. Yeah. And then even last year, Hawkeye came out and there's LARPers everywhere. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. loads of people are like, well, what's LARP and what's going on? Yeah. And 
it's only going to keep building from here because it's becoming more and more of a mainstream hobby, especially with things like D and D are becoming more popular as well. Yeah, because yeah, we, we like cause we were we were really into um, we were really into cosplay, and we 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 got into <laughs> cosplay like just before this big wave hit, and it was like because there was only like you had London Comic Con. Yeah. That was kind of it, you know, and then you had to go like San Diego and we, we kind of started getting into cosplay and then all of a sudden it had this huge surge of popularity, not because we were in it, but we obviously must have tagged onto it, you know, and because it was just in the zeitgeist, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. there was uh, conventions everywhere, here, there and everywhere. And then uh, we got into D&D and that had a big resurgence with like uh, Critical Role and it showing up on Stranger Things. And yeah. obviously we were like, oh, cosplay. D&D, you know, oh, I've always been, I've always heard of that. I was a bit like you, actually, when you said, you know, you'd heard about it way before you, you tried it. Yeah. I, I'd heard about it from a friend at school and it just sounded like, it, I went, oh, that sounds really cool because you get to like, you know, wear armor and, and play with swords and I love fantasy. But the way he kind of sold it to us was like, it sounded like a bit of a lads club where everyone was yeah. just beating each other up um, in chainmail, And he was a big guy as well. And I was like, no it's no it's not for me so i always heard about it and then i was like i was like oh well this this sounds like cosplay and D &D." but then getting into it i feel like i feel like we're actually at the bottom of a wave that's about to happen in this hobby you know i think so yeah yeah i i think something is we are on the cusp of something um i know that profound decisions announced that this year was their biggest well last year was their biggest year for empire ever like literally more and more people were coming and i'm not surprised by that because um empire players uh, promote this game religiously um yeah. <laughs> they literally anyone goes on to larp reddit and just goes i want to laugh in the uk you get about 40 people going go to empire um <laughs> Which is great, but I'll be honest with you, there are other games. Yeah. There's quite a few other games. Yeah, I, and I, while I have greatly, I greatly enjoyed Empire, and I'm actually planning on being back to at least two events this year. Woo. Um, I I do more. I would absolutely do more if I could. Uh, but my husband is still staff at the Lorian Trust. I'm currently responsible for my son um, while that's all going on. Um, so we can only and plus I've got so many other events going on this year as well. I'm trying to cram in as much as I can. It's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, so much LARP this year. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm trying to go to a Roman LARP in December as well with one of my friends because uh, he's obsessed with the Romans. Um, that's really run by iLARP. They're, I hear their games are incredible, but they're so hard to get onto. They're almost constantly oh, sold out. Right? Like, they look amazing. Yeah. And we've been trying. And every time we see one, we're like, that one, we want to go for it. And they're gone. I'll <laughs> be honest with you. <laughs> I'm about 500 subscribers off messaging LARPs and going, you know, I've got a YouTube channel. Will you let me come? <laughs> <laughs> so i can advertise your game hey yeah right? I mean, i'm just like i'm just like i feel like i'm just still too just a little too small to do that but i feel like if i can just hit like a couple more just yeah. move it up and might like, start on. trying it and see how, how many i was like i'll still pay for my ticket just guarantee me one hey I mean, That's all I mean, I need. why not i mean that one of the reasons why we've kind of just we, we've really pushed you know this podcast is because you know i mean it's it's, it's a I mean, you you can get in you can get into the hobby. I mean, like for a reasonable price. But obviously, like the way the way we did it, we were like, right, we're going to do we're going to do Empire. We're not going to do it by half. So we're going to get into the hobby. Um, mm-hmm. So we spent most all of our money basically that was aside for it, you know, in in the summer. So we haven't. And people go, oh, are you going to this event? This event? I'm like, no, we're 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 out of cash, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So this this um this podcast has been our like 
our LARP fix, if you like. Until, yeah. 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 Well, that was what my channel was for me as well, because mm -hmm. I started my channel in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and then world events happened in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's also when my channel really took off, because I think there's a load of people going, I want to LARP and we need content. And a bunch of people found my channel. And that's when I sort of started, started to grow a bit. Yeah. Um, and it gave me something to do as well, because I was, I, don't get me wrong, I, I'm a civil servant, so I wasn't furloughed. I was working from home full time. Uh, but you just, I just needed an outlet. So I just channeled it on into my channel, which, so I completely get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've completely lost track of the original, of what we were talking about. There's loads of, there's literally so many LARPs. Out well, there. yeah, there, there, and, there is. And that, that thing's, there needs to be, there needs to be more. I can, I can totally see why, because Empire is definitely, Empire is definitely for me anyway. Like the, when I looked at it, I went, that's for me. But I understand why it's, it wouldn't be for everyone because it is a yeah. lot of, uh, there's a lot of political, you know, political. The PvP is political. Yep, you it's know? it's yeah. almost entirely political. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, I think that's incredible, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, literally, it's for me, it's a really interesting change from where the PvP is literally stabbing people. Yeah. yeah. Um, because and it also made me come into Empire with a whole other sort of set approach to it. Really, um, I think some people were surprised. I, I wasn't great at the combat, but only because I I wasn't very well my way of dealing with people became a little bit aggressive in points. I got into, um, I, <laughs> this makes me sound awful, but it was hilarious. So I got into a, I met one of the children who were on one of their like trials, you know, to like, yeah. they'd been asked to like fight someone from every nation. And I was the first Navarre they found. Um, and the, one of my policies has always been that if when I LARP with children, I will take them 100% seriously. Because you should. Uh, a lot of people yeah. sort of like, oh, yeah, they're kids, so, you know, we'll mess around. And it's like, nope, I'm going to role play with you seriously. So when that kid came at me with a, a sword for his trial, I beat him into the ground. <laughs> um, like, full on, full on, like, I'm going to fight you the way I would fight an adult. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, like, go mental. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to literally, like, you know, full on. But I'm not going to just let you win because you're a kid. Yeah. Because... Yeah. At the end of the day, I want to role play with you the way I would role play with an adult, and I would never just let an adult win. No, no. Um, and that kid was his dad was more of a good sport about it. The kid was very sweet, but I think I was probably a bit harsh on him. Well, but I think, but I think at the same time, I was like, would I have come at it that way if I was more of a political character and I hadn't come from a system where literally children rob you for your day, your boots? Like kids at LT are vicious. Yeah. Um, they are the most vicious players players they don't they will absolutely stab you up if you get the chance yeah. i've watched two kids rob a bank um, that was one of the greatest moments i ever had at, at lt two kids came in in goblin masks and held up the bank and ran off with like a bag of gold um, they can't have, they can't have been older than 10 it was amazing <laughs> clearly the bank let them kind of do it because it's almost impossible to rob the bank but it was just the fact that these kids had the gall to go you know what let's try it um there's a there's a well-known character there called taxi and he literally has a cart that he will pull around the whole event so that people who don't want to walk from camp to camp can ride in his cart he was outside there waiting for them he was their getaway driver <laughs> and they climbed in and off they went oh the foresight in that plan i mean it was, right? great, it was the greatest thing I'd seen in ages. 
just these two little kids with goblin masks on, like stick them up to the bank tellers. I I love, I, I absolutely love the role play with the kids. Ever since yeah. the mistake I made at first when a couple, um, it was like three girls were like, can we fight you in the glory square? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come and fight you. That sounds they so honorable. kicked my butt. Yeah. Like, for real, kicked my butt. I was, I was down. They were so fast. They were so good. Yep. And then we made friends because I was like, <laughs> I need you. I need you on my side. And now they, you know, they're my little birds. They bring me information. They yeah. steal from me. <laughs> yeah. I will never go against a child. <laughs> no, no. Again. Especially if there's more than one. That's just that's just that's a rookie mistake. Uh, yes, against that was going mistake. against a gang of children. But they seem so sweet. They were so little in their little dresses. This is why I was okay with fighting the child. Because let's face yes, it, it's, like, them. it's their world, right? Like this like laugh is that laugh is something that just like kids just do, you know. Uh, oh yeah, because laugh is essentially an extension of play pretend. You know, you were a kid, you dressed up in you know princess dresses or you know like Robin Hood. You had sword. You you went off and you know you fought your friends in the garden or whatever. Yeah, picked up a stick. And, and you're like, it's the same except like, the garden's now huge. The swords are made of foam, and everybody's a lot taller. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's their realm. Um, that's pretty much the main difference. And they don't um, have to ask anyone to play yeah, with them so because everyone's playing. <laughs> everyone's playing with them, and it makes life so much more simple. Um, I see kids getting very confident when they're LARPers. Um, they're a lot more, especially if they're games where you know the stuff that kids do is you know very tied with what the adults are doing. Um, kids were a lot more confident about talking to people. They're a lot more confident at standing up for themselves. I saw one, one of my other favorite stories about a child. So a bunch of lions went off on a mission um, and a few of them died. And one of the kids' mums was on that mission, like his real life mum, but also his in-character mum. And uh, his mum died. (laughs) His mum's character oh, no. died and the leader of the mission came back and the leader of the mission was like a mole beastkin kind of character and this kid goes up to him and with a quivering little lip went but you're a mole you could have digged and saved her <laughs> this kid was 11 <laughs> it's not like he was little <laughs> like you know he was full on like i'm gonna go and lay on a guilt trip <laughs> to they, they to these people doing. about the death of my mom. Um and and the, I think the guy who, who was playing the mole had to sit out for 10 minutes because I think he felt quite bad. Yeah. They, um, they know what so yeah, they're doing. Kids are kids are evil role players. They will tug at your heartstrings. They're vicious. Yeah. It's it's funny because it's almost like this you, you do see that. It's almost like the roles are reversed because you expect children should be unsure in certain social situations when they're dealing with like adults yeah. out and about but then you get into LARP and you get you know there's there's uh you get a load of adults I know people do have uh, real problems of anxiety and things like that but yeah even like mm-hmm. I, I you know you, you you go and you're like I don't know what to expect this is unusual for me to be talking to someone who's yeah. pretending to be an orc in front of me right now you know and I, I need to 
get it, you know, out of my comfort zone and and into this. Whereas the the kids are just they're just there. You know? Yeah. Oh, they're incredible role players. Um, one last example, just because I, you'll love this one. So, um, two two a mom and a daughter. I think it was a mom and a daughter. They ended up in a monster role where they had to go and sell an event to the lions. I missed this, but I got told it by my husband who witnessed it. It was amazing. So the mum came in and she was like full on Stepford Wives kind of at the moment. She was coming like, you need to visit our island. It's lovely. All the people are lovely. You should absolutely come and visit. And she's like talking to a bunch of the adults. And then this kid kind of pulls a couple of the people alive, sort of people aside and just goes, there's something wrong with the grownups. <laughs> everything, they keep saying everything's fine. They're all acting really weird. There's weird noises coming from the woods at night. You've got to come help us. <laughs> and all, and the mum is still going around the other side, like full on, like, yeah, everything's lovely. It's all wonderful. We're having such a wonderful time. You should visit our town. And the kid's just like, no, it's not fine. Nothing is fine. Please come help us. <laughs> and that then, is amazing. <laughs> then as they walked off, um, apparently... Um, they were just heading sort of back off to wherever monsters go. And the kid turned around, looked at everybody who was sort of standing on the gate, watching them go and winked. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. And that just killed them all. They thought it was brilliant. And yeah, kids, kids are top notch role players. They oh, are, yeah. they fully know what they're doing. They'll stick to a brief. Oh, brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. What, what's it, what's it like? Um, Laurie and Trevor, I'm assuming, like from the stories you've just told, that it's it's. I'm assuming kids are kind of expected just to play the game like they are at Empire, and they they're in kit and all this. Uh, yep, yeah, they're in kit. Um, and the rules generally apply to them as well. Yeah. Um, they sometimes they have their own set of uh kids plot. Um, though it's called under sixties plot, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, which is run by um people who are uh DBS checked. And so that's all above board. Yeah. And that plot is integrate, integrated within the world plot of the whole event. And children are encouraged to get involved with all aspects of the plot um, of everybody, of not just the under 16 plot, but all of the other plots as well. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But they try to cater to everybody. Fantastic. Yeah. Under sixteen plots quite good. They do explore some interesting interesting concepts and ideas. But yeah, that sounds really cool. The fact they've got their own actual plot there to kind of follow and do things along with. I mean, that sounds um yeah, because I know that I know the kids at Empire, um, they've got their academy and things and they've got mm -hmm. different things that they do and stuff, but having like a full own plot for them is pretty pretty smart. Um, yeah. So have you, um, because you uh, have worked, you know, as crew and things there, have you ever been involved in that side, like doing the plot for the under-16s? Not for the under-16s, no. Uh, that is written by the their, their plot team, who, yeah. are, like I said, they're all disclosure and barring checked, so they can all yeah. take the kids off to, their, to an area away from the big, sort of, you know, where all the big battles go on and everything. And um, they're very creative. The plots are really interesting. Um They've encouraged uh, a lot of the other teams and other members of staff to really try and interact with kids and in involve the under 16s in their plot. Um, because you know, sometimes it's sometimes it is a bit tricky to sort of remember that, you know, it's not just for the grown-ups, especially yeah. when the children are off doing their own thing. Um, 
but it's been really really good and the team has been absolutely brilliant I can't I can't fault them at all I think they're doing a really great job I know that sounds amazing especially the fact that they have got their their DBS checks and on the barring service and things like that like that that sounds really good the fact that they've got that whole group of people and just Mm -hmm. puts that extra security there as well and meaning as well that I guess you know you can let your kid go off and actually have some fun and 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 role play out their character in that way. Yeah, and there's um there's groups of adults who literally when it comes time for them to do go and do their monstering service, they'll do it just for the under sixteen plot, uh, which I admire greatly because those kids do not know how to pull their blows. Um, <laughs> so people can like if you see a kid coming at you with a weapon, you're gonna get a bruise, yeah. guguaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed, you're gonna get bruised if they hit you. They they do not pull. They really don't. All. They don't. No. They're all vicious as well. The second the second they're old enough to get a skill that can kill people, they all take it. Like every child over the age of six is a poisoner. <laughs> They've all got the ability to use poisons. They've all got access to the spells that kill people. They're really into it. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't even know how it works at Empire Robin actually. What? Because I don't think they can they get. I don't think they get skills until they pass the academy. No, they do have skills because um, I don't know all the ins and outs. I can ask them, but one of the kids um, actually used their ability on me last time before we went to battle to give me some extra um, hit points. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. He didn't want me to die. (laughs) She brought her sister and her mum over. They did a big ritual. It was lovely. (laughs) So they do get skills, but I think they do need to pass a few things before then. but yeah, and they do have their own little skirmishes that they go out to do. Um, so I guess we kind of have the same thing there where people will have to monster for them. And I've heard some stories similar to what you just said, Jess, you know, that they go out and these kids just don't pull their blows. Don't. <laughs> they just pile on the monster. <laughs> don't know if there's something they magically learn at the age of 16 about how to not bruise people, but they really do it very hard. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be quite fun to monster. I, I wouldn't mind trying it once to monster for the, you know, for the for the youngsters. I totally monster for the kids. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Wear a cup. Wear a cup because they will go for sensitive places. Protect yourself. Hey, I, I do know people do wear cups at, at, at LARP. Yeah. I've, con- I've considered it. it. I've got to admit. Trust yeah. me. Trust me. I've seen some horrific. I've seen some horrific blows. Um. Because yeah, especially since they're all they're all like waist height anyway. So yeah. literally, it's the first place they go. So trust me, if you're going to monster for kids, protect yourself. Yeah. Even outside of that, I think there was a few um arrow related injuries last year that I, I heard about. I think that was when we had that conversation where you were like, might get a cup next time. Oh no, yeah, I, I did get I get I got shot a couple of times over the course of last year uh, in a not so great place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> never it, I say this from a decade long archer. Never ever joke with an archer about getting shot in the balls. Because the guaranteed next hit, even if they were aiming at your face, will hit you in the balls. Yeah, yeah. It's... Every single time. Never joke about it. It will always hit it will always hit. It's just safer to just not say anything. It's inevitable. <laughs> it's inevitable. So you so a long a long time archer, is that is that why is that why you chose Navarre when you came to Came to Empire? No, because I'm not an archer in Navarre. Ooh. Oh, oh. Mind you, there's hardly any archers left in Navarre, I think. They're shoot walls now. (laughs) 
No, it's just um, I don't want to do the same thing at every single event. Um, plus, I got singled out by weapons check for not having my bow with me. What? Um, which was hilarious. So, um, the the head of weapons check at Empire is Mike Hilton, also known as Fire Pit. Fire Pit used to be the Fire Pit used to be the head of refs at Laurie Trust, and I've known him for quite a while. Right. Okay. Okay. And so I went to the new new player briefing, mm-hmm. um, which was being run by a lovely gentleman called Al Bevan, who is one of the uh, staff of the Navarre, who I also know from Laurie Trust and have worked with for a few years. <laughs> and then in came in came Fire Pit, and uh, he came to talk about weapons and you know weapon safety and all that. And he mentioned archery, and suddenly he literally just went. And he turned to Al and was like, for some reason, I just felt the need to look over there. And I was like, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I don't know why either. I don't have a bow. <laughs> I didn't bring it with me. <laughs> so... I, I, I literally know nothing about archery in, in LARP apart from the fact that it is, it, it, it's, People say it's more expensive because obviously you yeah. lose arrows <laughs> constantly. But is there a big difference between like the like the, the the rules from one system to the other with with archery, or is archery usually just archery? So it's not uh, archery does vary from game to game. Uh, Empire, it's got um, quite dangerous calls to you know make it quite interesting. Um, other games like the Lawyer Trust, it doesn't as much. I find that archery, no matter what LARP game you go to, is generally a labor of love because you will constantly meet people who tell you not to do it. Right. <laughs> it's, uh... That is so true. That's so true. You, you, you talk to anybody at Empire, at least I know. Why would this. you do archery? It's so expensive. It's not worth it. It doesn't do much. It's just like, shut up. Um, I'm more than happy to, to give myself a handicap in this game because I yeah. like it. Um, yeah, um, it's all about be looking cool and feeling cool, right? So if you feel you want, I to feel be epic a cool as an archer. archer. It feels Isn't great. It? <laughs> there is a great joy in killing something from over fifty feet away. Yeah, there's a great joy, especially when they don't see it coming. I I once had a a monster walk down a hill, and I shot it before he even got close to the front line, and he died immediately and had to go all the way yes. back up that hill to the respawn. <laughs> oh, yes, and everybody around, and it was. And yeah, that was an amazing shot. It was one of the best ones I've ever done. And yeah, it, I think I think archery in LARP is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's it's a lot about safety because yeah. um, as a lot of archery instructors at LARP will tell you, it is probably the only weapon in the, in the game that could actively kill someone on a regular basis because yes. the foam heads are not necessarily that thick. Um. So you do need to make sure you are pulling your blows. You need to be checking those arrows because if they are broken, then you essentially, if that head comes off, you are essentially just firing a real arrow off into the distance. <laughs> if it's not controlled. Yeah. If it's not controlled and it's got a pointy end, it's going to do some damage. Yeah. Is they yeah. like, they're like fiberglass as well, aren't they? The is it is it yeah, you, the you, of fiberglass? Yeah, a lot of fiberglass ones, IDB yeah. arrows. Uh, some people stick with their traditional wood ones. Mm-hmm. Um, People will tell you that there is a difference between the two. I think because of the fact that they've got a giant foam head on the front, it makes not much difference. I, <laughs> I can't see that. The only difference I would think with like the fiberglass is that, yeah, once they're on the floor and then people stand on them, they, they might not be that overly safe to handle after that. Fiberglass is a lot less, is a lot less um, breakable than wood. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
don't get me wrong, I wouldn't recommend actively stamping on one, but I have had a couple trampled underfoot and not shatter. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if a wooden one gets trampled underfoot, oh, no. yeah. it's guaranteed to be gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, fiber, um, fiberglass is totally flexible, but if it does break, those fibers can be little. Yeah, I find the stereotype people have of losing arrows to be either um, people not admitting that they're not a great archer or, <laughs> or just being generally incredibly careless because yeah. I, I think I've only ever lost um, two arrows um entirely like oh, didn't really? come back to me at the end of an event yeah. and one of them came back to me two years later which was <laughs> <laughs> two years later yep it what appeared journey in the... did that arrow go on <laughs> no idea it <laughs> appeared <laughs> it appeared in the arrow pile at the rangers guild um just randomly one day and i know it wasn't there before because i was head of the rangers guild and the arrows were in my house between events so I know that my arrows were not in that pile <laughs> when I took it home with me. So somebody slipped it into the pile when I wasn't looking. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, technically speaking, I've only ever lost one arrow uh, <laughs> at an event. Yeah. Um, and you do, don't get me wrong, you do get ones that break, and you do get you do get some right. The only word is for it is assholes who will stamp on your arrows. There's less and less of those around anymore. People are generally are not nicer. Yeah. Um, I rarely see people lose arrows on a very regular basis. And frankly speaking, because of because you don't need to have bows that are covered in foam or anything like that, I find that the relative cost of let's say of a you know short curved bow with six arrows is probably in the same cost range as a sword and shield. And as long as yeah. you take care of them, um, odds are you'll walk home with those arrows every, almost every event. Really? So, so if you were, if you were just getting into archery then as a LARPer, would you recommend, yeah, a bow and would six be enough for if I'm like, right, I'm going to do like a... I have functioned on three. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a... There's often an unspoken rule in bat in LARP battles, though this is mostly LT. I don't I can't speak for Empire because yeah. I've not done Archery Empire and I don't want to be there. At the Lorient Trust, there was a general unspoken rule that if you're in the middle of a battle and you come across an arrow as an archer, uh, if it's in good nick, you can use it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that is a rule we all follow. The, and yeah. then when the battle is over, we all go down to the Rangers Guild, drop off any arrows that aren't ours, collect any arrows that are ours. If there aren't, if we're still missing some, we'll come back in a couple of hours because sometimes people take their time to get back down there. Um, most people go home with all of their arrows. Sometimes there's a broken one here or there. I think I've only ever binned three IDV arrows since I've been in that guild, though. Yeah, yeah. Other yeah. people may have binned one or two of their own, but I've only ever binned three because they were completely wrecked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, like, one I got run that... over by a car, so it was definitely not. Gonna... Oh well, I mean that's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I know that at Empire, uh, just being out on the battlefield, um, when it comes to like arrows and things around the place, we tend to have um piles by all the refs. Yeah. Um, for lost arrows. Um, I this is now secondhand information. I was told that they weren't allowed at Empire to pick an arrow up and use it People. if it's been fired. And because it needs to go back to weapons track again People for definitely do it, Empire. Though. But I mean, at the Lorient Trust, we check our own arrows. We do our bow competency and we check oh. and we teach people how to check their arrows safely. Um, 
which and I I was a competency instructor for six years. Uh, I'm still still got my competency uh, going out, so I plan to keep doing that. So, um, so how how do you, how do you do that at an event? Then do you do you do it for like new players or everybody who's coming to the event? That event goes to the competency thing. If people want to use archery, then they have to do a competency um, because you have to prove that you're safe. Okay. Uh, okay. I encourage all new players, regardless of whether they want to do archery or not, to at least try it, yeah. because at the very least, then you know if other people are being unsafe. Yeah. Um, so it, point, it, yeah. it's always worth just going through to just see what the safety standard is, so you know hmm. when to turn to a person and go, or you, you know, don't throw an arrow, because um, people do that. They will pick up an arrow and just go, oh, this is in the way, toss it to the side. Don't you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, I encourage everybody to do a competency. Once you have a competency, it's valid for three years, and then you have to retest. See, I, I, I like that. Like so having, having experience, and it's, it's, it's really quite rare that there's like, and I'm talking more about like just combat in general. It's really rare mm-hmm. that there's like un, properly, you know, uh, unsafe uh, players uh, in combat. Yeah. It really is, yeah, it is rare, but I kind of think it's it, when you do see it though, it's bad enough to think that like you, everyone should have to go to something because like I know our experience at Empire, it's like yeah, there's new there's there's a new player meeting, there's a new player skirmish, there's a combat brief, there's this. You don't have to go to any of that stuff though. No. See. So no, I noticed that as well that I did that none of it was compulsory at all. Um, I the when I didn't get to go down to some of the briefings because sometimes they're not I got on site a bit later than other people yeah. and so I didn't get to that. But when the Navarre offered a combat training session, I went to it. I know how to fire a LARP. Yeah. I've done it before uh, for many years, but I wanted to see what how they fought and how they fought safely. Um, it was fine. Yeah. Um, they were they were they were really great and it was really fun to sort of try that out with them, especially since I hadn't, I hadn't actually fought with a pole arm in a long time. Um, but yeah, uh, safety standards in LARP are something I will always promote. Yeah, <laughs> um, especially with things that are going to do more damage. Um, so yeah, bows just, and arrows yeah, be a big one. Exactly. It just occurs to me that it's like, well, you could literally buy a ticket to these LARP events, not read anything, show up, and still participate, and yep. never having read a or heard a rule of a pull blow. You know. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm sure it would it would still obviously you know it would still happen or accidents happen or whatever but I I think it's I, I think it's a bit of a it's something they might need to yeah look into you know if if you don't have because I like the idea of that I like the idea of you going like so if we all went okay we're doing our I'm going to talk about Empire but like there's how many how many events in Lorien Trust are, are there a year is it. Four. Four, four, four big ones. Yeah. So yeah, so the, so the same. So like, say if you're going right, I'm going to go the entire season. Um, I'm going to go at the beginning, like E1, uh, event one of whatever system I'm going to go along to a the the new player brief and it tells or not just the game brief that tells you these are these are the codes of conduct. This is how we play the game. Blah blah blah. And you have to sit there and even if you've played a million times, mm-hmm. just sit there and be like, okay, that's me good for tick for the year. You know, so yeah. it yeah, it might be a pain for the veteran players to go and sit sit CPD through that. CPD for LARP. Yeah, CPD for LARP, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, yeah. but it makes sure that every single person on that field has been told, by the way, don't smack people hard you can across the face. Um, and don't, you know, don't shoot people, you know, in the eyeball <laughs> and be careful, you know? Yeah. 
and the thing is as well is that um, it's wor it's worse in systems that are either large with numbers of people or are mechanics heavy or worse both, um, which law interest and empire are both. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they both have different ways of delivering this as well. So law interest has a um, relatively thick rule book mm -hmm. and empire obviously have, has its wiki. And the thing is, neither of these are ideal ways of delivering this, this I, sort of I information. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, because um, because people need different things. Um, I I'm okay with generally both, but I know people who really struggle with like long reading, or people like my husband, for instance. He really struggles with wikis in general, um, because he can't keep track of where all the different information is. So he kind of loses bit himself as he goes through it and ends up sort of down a rabbit hole of learning about one thing and then forgets to learn about something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um. People, some people keep have suggested at some points to make like videos of rule books. Um, I think that is a mistake. And if anyone suggests to you that you do it, um, I would recommend against it. Okay. Um, because especially if you have rules that change, because uh, Law Interest is currently on a living rule book because they've just started their rules for, which means their rules can change as players sort of show how certain rules work which means you could constantly find yourself adapting videos. And then just to add to it as well, if it's a lot of rules, you're going to have to make a load of them as well. You've got to make sure that it's translatable to a format because just reading a rule book in a video, in my experience, is the dullest thing anyone oh, could oh, ever oh, no. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so trying to translate a, rule, a LARP rule book into physical format, if it's anything bigger than five pages, I think is a pain well, so if anyone ever suggests to you could you put the empire wiki into a video format run yeah. <laughs> run for the hills yeah because it thing. will be an eternal project yeah because you, you, you you've got I, I i feel like i feel like there, sh there should be there should be a way to there should be a way to do it like so like there's lots of tabletop like you know like the you know warhammer or, or like D D might be a better example how you have you have the basic rules like there's there's, a, yeah, there's the yeah. basic rules and it's okay for you to because i don't know whether that's a, that's a good excuse for them to be like fair enough you have a, like a living world and rules can be updated but i feel like this seems to be the case with empire it's like, oh we're keeping it on the wiki because things can change at any time it's just like mm -hmm. yeah but like you you need a you need a quick reference to the rules though yeah like, you, like it, it, instead of me going oh i haven't got phone signal i can't check this rule and then you're relying on another player Usually, because it's a fast LARP, and you can't—you're not always going to be able to find a ref to be like, mm -hmm. "Wait, how does strike down work again?" And then you just—and then sometimes things can get lost. Loads of people say, "Oh, this is how strike down works," because this is—I've seen this happen, and it's like—and then you go and read the rules, and you're like, "That's not how it works." It's not actually. how it works, yeah. actually, is it? <laughs> yeah, and even experience like full-on referees can quote the rules to you wrong just to make it even more complicated. Yeah, well, Especially if refs are working many different systems. And I mean, they're oh, refs some are human are. and they're working different systems. You can so, make a mistake. Yeah, know? so many of them are as well. That was one thing I really noticed at Empire was I just kept running into people already on the staff team who I knew from the Lorian Trust. Yeah. And they were also staff at the Lorian Trust. I'm just like... You're you're all amazing for running all of these games. Do you actually play? Yeah, yeah. Do you you need time to play. Go play. <laughs> have fun. Because 
Yeah, I mean, just I, everywhere I see you, you're staffing something. I mean, I guess people get, uh, yeah, I guess people get enjoyment out of that side of it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, like you know, going back to the rules thing, I, I like, I always feel better. You know, obviously, no one likes to be like properly rules lawyered, but but if usually if well if they're you know if you're playing a role playing game or something or a tabletop <clears throat> miniature game and there's like maybe a bit of like oh is it how this rule works and everyone goes hang on I'll get I'll just get this. Okay, this yeah. is what it says. Okay, carry on. I I feel like some of the interactions I see on the field, especially in combat where like adrenaline is high and things like that, and people go, "That's not how that works." And they're like, "Wait, what?" And I feel like it would it would neutralize a lot of a lot of things that happen between refs and players if a ref is like has this little pamphlet and just just like, "Okay, well the rules of this uh, double check. Oh yeah, it says this. You need to have." either be on your front on your belly or you need to be on your backside for strike down are we all yeah. clear yes everyone's clear go you know because it's not it's not the ref's opinion even though the ref you know the, the referee's there to mediate so it's his, his opinion is right yeah. but i just i, I don't know I, I just feel like having if you had like the basic rules like you would in like like i said D has like their their basic rules and then they have all the other stuff the modules and the adventures and the living story and mm-hmm. all that around yeah. it so i don't know why you couldn't have both in larp i the problem the problem is the advice i usually give to new players i don't think translates over to empire so the and you'll see why in a second so the advice i always give to new players at law interest is if you're not sure about what's just hit you or what spell you've just encountered fall over because whoever's going to come and pick you up you can ask them and odds are they'll know because especially healers because healers are have tend to know you know what effect things have so if you've been hit like 20 times and you can't remember if you're bleeding or not just just get knocked over start start your timer and we'll go from there the thing is i don't think that translates over well to empire because bleeding out time is very short and from my experience in the battlefield if you fall over you may just get left yeah, um, that, yeah, well, that's that's the thing with that system. And you that... may just end up finding yourself declared dead when you didn't even need to die. Um, so I don't know, don't think that necessarily translates over very well. Um, so I, I, I'm still trying to work out sort of what I would advise to Empire players about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, like when um, obviously we're speaking about you know the rules and what all these different things are. There was in one of the tourneys I did um, just before it, one of the refs came up and he had this little card and he was like, okay, and explained what each thing was. So just a little reminder, this does this, this does that. And that's the only time I saw this little card, the entire event. And I just remember thinking, we need that. In every player pack, we need one of those little cards that you can take around with you so that if somebody does a call, you can actually, yeah, you can fall down and, and check it and actually be able to to have that information on hand yeah. because it's it's tricky. And, you know, there's just there's no, there's no internet signal there. I mean, nobody's getting out the wiki in the middle of a battlefield to figure it but out. People do, though. People, like, try and get the the entire wiki up on they're like oh yeah i'm gonna see if i can that's the other downside of that's the other downside of a wiki as well because at least with the law interest rule book i can download that fully to my phone and then i have access to it without having to you know yeah have internet access yeah um the ironically the other upside of being an archer uh in this kind of thing is that because you fight from a distance odds are nothing's going to hit you so you only have to really remember the stuff you're going to hit people with um so it doesn't really matter if the person not like you know you're fighting someone you're attacking is 
hit him with cleave because they can't get you. So so all that matters is you remember what your bow does. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, like you just need to think about what you're doing and not so much what. Yeah, and just make sure any arrows coming back at you, you avoid. <laughs> that's all you need to do. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, long I, distance I, combat's great when you don't remember half the rules because <laughs> you don't have <laughs> half it don't apply to you. Yeah. I want to try. Like I've I've never tried um archery oh. within LARP before, and it's something that I'm like, it looks like it's a lot of fun. I love feeling of being up in someone's face with a sword I love that feeling yeah but I'm like I'd really like to try the archery side of it without necessarily applying it to my character but it seems like an expensive thing to go out and get just to be like this is going to be for my monstering kit <laughs> you know I'm going to be a monster that should really I wouldn't say it I wouldn't say it I, I, no, I don't no. believe that a bow and arrow bow and like like I said bow and six arrows in my opinion, doesn't cost any more than a regular sword and shield combo would cost really, you. Yeah. Um, it's really not that expensive. You can get quivers quite cheap online as well. Anyone who tells you you need an arm guard or finger guards uh, doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> you can get away without it. You might end up with a few bruises on your left arm for a while, but you can get away with it. Um, try it. <laughs> yeah, and and most people like put a mark on the end of their on the sponge of their arrows anyway, so they know which ones are theirs. Yeah. Um, sensible people put like numbers on there or anything i drew a rabbit um because at the end of the day in my experience if you've got a really distinctive symbol your friends recognize it and they will bring your arrows to you if yeah, they know yeah, it's 100 percent yours see them from a distance in a bin in lost and found yeah. as well oh no like, just no they just stumble across one on the ground i've had people pick up my <laughs> arrow and go oh this is jess's Yes, isn't far. I'll just take it to her. Brilliant. <laughs> That's a good point, actually, because a lot of people, obviously, like um, in um, Empire, people have their player numbers. So a lot of people put their yeah. player numbers, but I guess from a distance, it's just it's a load of numbers you wouldn't know. But mm -hmm. I've seen a few people write, like, draw like their house sigil on it and things like that, or their house yeah. colors. And I'm like, oh no, that's good because like you you can see that from a distance, and it's all good. There's yeah. been a few I just drew a bunny. Yeah, oh, I just draw a bunny because it translates because I can take it to multiple arts. That, that's um, yeah, and that everyone works, knows right? the bunny is mine. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. There's been a few times like I've um when we've been kind of like marching across and I've seen a few arrows and I'll pick them up and I'll put them in the pile um which is usually next to a tree, and it's always so horrible when I pick up one. I'm like, this is a brand new arrow, and there's yep. nothing drawn on it, no and I'm like, oh, yep, this was bought today. <laughs> gone <laughs> yeah literally one of the things that when we get new players at sort of my bow comp the one of the things we do when we get back down to the guild to do their paperwork is literally hand them a sharpie and right now <laughs> doesn't matter what all it needs to be is something that's distinctive to you don't do your initials you'll be surprised how many people have the same initials as you don't do a spider web that's so cliche everyone has a spider web <laughs> <No. laughs> Spider webs. Everyone thinks they're so. It's it's always it's always tarantulas as well because they're just like they're always these sort of emo characters, like you know, sixteen year old lads. Um, it, no, there's so many of them. Don't don't do that. Either be just get creative. I like I like the bunny. I don't know what I would draw on an arrowhead. I like the bunny. I'd probably draw something really rude to be honest, and I mean at least it'll stick. Family out. friendly event. Always just remember you want to take this to a family friendly event. <laughs> don't know what it is it's fine <laughs> it's, it's so funny jess because honestly i thought that rob when we started laughing uh 
kind of beginning of last year, Robin was the is is the, the biggest like Wood Elf fan ever. Yeah. You know, just Legolas, just the stereotypical Legolas, you know, fangirl. And I was certain that she would want to be an archer when we LARPed. And you, you just haven't, you just have, cause I think you did want to, when I said, when I gave you the pitch for us going LARPing, you were like, oh yeah, could I like climb a tree and shoot an arrow? I'm like, I don't know if you could climb a tree, but you could definitely shoot an arrow. And then you, you went straight into like full on like ambidextry up front the, full armor. The thing is I, I had two real life skills what I've learned recently is referred to as I had two hard skills. One of them was that I've done quite a bit of archery as a kit. And I was like, okay, I could probably do that. And the other one was we do tactical Kali, which is using two bamboo sticks. Mm-hmm. That was more recent. And I was like, well, that's more recent. It's fresh in my mind. And I'm quite comfortable with that. We're going that- to give that a go. And for my first ever battle, we'll give that a go. If that doesn't work, get rid of them. I'm going to go archer. Turns out I loved being up in people's faces. I loved that feeling of running and into this huge, full-grown man standing in front of me and watching them run away from me. And I was like, oh no, I I need this. I need this <laughs> yeah. four times a year. This is going to get me through. <laughs> it's cathartic, isn't it? It's really cathartic. Um, I discovered a love for um, dual daggers a while back. Um, I also had to, I taught claw competency. It's um, the law interest for a while as well because people use claws. I hate claws. I'm not good. I'm not good with them. But what happened was I very quickly started fighting with daggers the way you would with claws. And I found that it is incredibly intimidating if you start a knife fight with both daggers just hanging down by your side instead of having them up in front of you. It really freaks people out. Yeah. And it made it so much easier. Okay, I can see why you're in the bar now if you like that kind of thing, because they're all about knives. They have, they, they have crazy yeah. knife skills in the bar. <laughs> Knives are great, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it's it is interesting. Um, I would always recommend archery to people, if, yeah. even just to throw up, you know, just to give it a go. Um, at the Laurian Trust, the the uh, Rangers Guild lend out their bows and arrows to people who don't bring their own, just so people can try it for their competency. And you know, if you enjoy it, we recommend some retailers to go to that you know aren't too expensive. Um, quite a lot of people take it up. It's it is really really fun. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. it's not for everybody, and you do get a lot of backlash from people because people just want to, to convince everybody that archery is terrible for some strange reason. I can't imagine um, the game, any game without it though. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. People like, oh yeah, don't do it because A B C, and you're like, okay, that's understandable. But like, it's some of the best moments on the battlefield because there's not like tons of art. It was all archers maybe, but. Yeah, because there's not many. Like you, you, you just like it's just an epic shot. Even from the enemy, it's so mm-hmm. impactful. Like the an enemy arrow just comes out of nowhere and takes someone out, and you're like, ah, "What?" Not not to toot my own horn, but to definitely toot the horn of every archer I have ever met. I personally believe that every art, if you come across an archer in a LARP, you're almost guaranteed, especially if they've been doing it a while, you're almost guaranteed to get a good role player. Because at the end of the day, this is somebody who has committed to do something that everybody else has told them not to do for their own personal enjoyment. And if someone's willing to commit to do that, odds are they are very committed to role play. Yeah. I, I like that. That 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 does make make sense. Actually, I mean, like there, there's 
when we're out in the battlefield and things like I again I couldn't imagine it without archers being there but there's been a few moments where we've come across something we've been like we can't get we can't get through this we can't get anywhere near it we're going to die and it's been that moment where like whoever's in charge has been like right archers I need archers and then they just all start coming from all these hiding spots and then it's that moment and there was there was one moment where yeah like um, a load of archers appeared and they stood there and we protected them we're like okay um please do something to all these enemies because we can't do anything right now and they just completely cleared an area and we're just like damn we should be uh not discouraging you so much (laughs) no not you absolutely shouldn't it it is the archers always look really epic when they get together in a group of more than five. It looks really dramatic. It really does. It's the, the concentration, the, the yeah. And it's impressive. I mean, mm. I think one of my best role-playing moments was with a, a person on, who was um, playing an enemy and they were an archer. And they were aiming and they shot me. And they, the arrow went, so, like it brushed it like brushed the hair and I felt it brush my hair go past. And I remember just being like, that was a great shot. <laughs> that was amazing. Not quite good enough, but that was amazing. And I remember like this archer just being like, oh, I'm going to get you next time. And we just had this back and forth and they eventually got me. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I already know what was going through the archer's head because I've had that moment. It's just like, that was amazing. I hope someone else saw that. Yeah. That was great. Did anyone else see that? <laughs> I always feel like I want to give archers uh, that that special role play, like Rob said. Even if they miss by by a small distance, you've got to be. Or if it's so close, where it's like, oh, maybe they maybe they thought that actually hit. And I always want to let them know whether like it did or it didn't hit, or whether I'm wearing armor. Because sometimes if my clothing is wearing mm-hmm. armor, and they're like, which well, because like you said in in the Empire system, it's it's quite like archery is quite impactful quite deadly because it impales you so if you're not wearing armor yeah. you're like down on the ground yeah. um so i always try and make sure i try and spot them and let them know if it was close if they got me if they didn't get me because of armor or something because there's nothing worse than being like next to an archer and they're doing absolutely cracking shots and like you're like is that person taking the shot? Have they noticed that they've been hit? Yeah. Are they and it's just it's um it's amazing a feat of skill and like just no one notices. <laughs> it's making no impact. Like oh yeah, yeah. It's always the way. <laughs> I did notice a lot of people like um nudging one another though. Um, I've seen that a few times where like you know somebody's been hit. Sometimes you can't feel it and they've been hit. And I've seen a few people like you know nudging and being like you know. That was that was a, an arrow an arrow and usually they're just like oh okay yeah no yeah that got me and then but then sometimes yeah like like Oliver was saying there's been a few archers and I've seen them and they've taken amazing shots and it's like there was no armor on that person how did they not feel it they're they're they're, they're off they're off in the distance still fighting damn it <laughs> are you are you coming back to uh, are you going to play the same character at Empire this year if you're going to come to two yeah, events, yeah yeah i think so um yeah i've i'm going so the aim i've got is to come to the spring equinox yeah that's that one in june that's the one in june one, yeah that's the one in june yeah so my plan is to hopefully do the spring equinox and the autumn equinox mm-hmm. um 
I do want to play the same character because um, truthfully, I chose Navarre purely because Debbie, who I was staying with, um, that's, you know, that's where she was. Yeah. I thought it polite to, you know, be in the same, same one. Yeah. Um, she said I could be in another one, but I just figured I don't know anybody else there really, or at least I didn't think I did. Apparently, turns out I knew lots of people <laughs> who were there. Um, um, but I really enjoyed the atmosphere of the Navarre. I loved the nightlife um, and also, you know, the songs and story circle, uh, the bar, just wandering through the market and I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant and so I'm definitely going to want to go back in and sort of join them and this time my husband's going to be coming with me Ooh. my son's going to be coming with me Ooh. but I'm also guilt tripping a bunch of my friends to come with me yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm hoping to come in with a full with a full striding um all experienced laughers so it's no no one's new to this but they're all they will all be new to empire yeah yeah we... <laughs> that's amazing i can't wait to see like your your son there in the bar already yeah <laughs> he, we'll see how he we'll see how he copes he he is very cute um but he is uh, mostly non-verbal with awaiting an autism diagnosis <laughs> so that's what means i'm gonna have to sort of dial things back and just sort of make sure he is okay yeah. because yeah. he doesn't understand everything and we'll just charge off into the woods um, and I'll yeah. just disappear forever. Yeah. Um, but that's the great thing about Empire, from what I observed, was the yeah. fact that because there's no battles going on in yeah. the marketplace or around where everyone is camping, it's not as worrisome if he runs off a little bit because I will find him. Yeah. Whereas in the Lorian Trust, a fight can break out anywhere, like absolutely anywhere, and. He, there, there are rules about obviously children getting into fights if you're up below a certain age they don't want you in the large fights Arthur is definitely below that age age four he shouldn't be anywhere near them and he is quick and um quite small and could easily slip into a fight very quickly if I've not got my eyes on him so while I will probably I will be taking him to a couple of the law interest events this year um I'm really looking forward to taking him to Empire just because for him and his special needs, I do feel it's a safer environment. Yeah. Yes, Empire is good for that. It, like it's like you say, because it is a safe zone, and it's like it, it's like no danger. I mean, some sometimes danger comes through the Sentinel Gate, but it's, it's you yeah. literally can be in camp, and you can literally spend the whole time just at your tent, and there's game going around you, and and because there are like you said, because you said earlier, there's so many non-coms in mm -hmm. in empire you know the, there's there's people that literally get so busy with like uh other parts of the game that they just literally don't have time to do combat yeah and that gives them that space gives like amble itself gives them a space to do that but yeah it means that yeah if you yeah have have issues that means that you can't do any kind of combat it means that you know you you have an entire game there you know yeah. and it's you yeah and i think that's sit. absolutely incredible I think that that is really well done. And I love that that is, that is available to everybody. And it's quite surreal sort of describing that to Lorian Trust players because who are used to being jumped at by yeah. mount bots of monsters every few hours or so. And it's just like, yeah, you can go the entire event and not fight anything. And they're just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 might, it might be a bit of, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to like try it. We'll, like, we'll have to tr come to Lauren Trust and give it a try. So it might be a bit jarring going the other way because for us, we're, we're now used to Empire being like, you go out, you have a fight, 
then you come back and you like you know you're safe you're in the save game zone you know you're like dude yeah. you know like in the, the resident evil like little save game room where you know there's no zombies going to attack and you can just chill you know and you're just like oh yeah and you take all your armor off and then you have you know you have a few drinks and things like that and then you have a laugh and you're like oh we can just sing songs and and have a good time for the rest of the evening if i don't want to go out on another skirmish so it, it would be interesting to go, <laughs> go into lore and trust and and uh yeah experiencing something different yeah yeah it guaranteed always though you will absolutely always find something coming to attack the camp when you're cooking food <laughs> um it's just always bad timing yeah so what are the uh what the because in, in like an empire we've just got humans and orcs what are the races in loring trust oh there's so many so uh you've got humans you've got elves you've got dwarves you've got um halflings dark elves pretty much your standard kind of you know if it's in D D, there's probably some form of equivalent at the Lorian trust it's there yeah um yeah it's incredibly incredibly diverse for, for races um each race has a specialist skill set that you can get as well. Okay. Um, which is called their awakening. Um, other people from your race who have already been awakened can awaken you. And that gives you access to a law sheet. And on that law sheet are specialist skills designed for your race. Um, which is really, really cool. And that sort of came in over the last few years. And uh, there's things on there like access to learning your race's like own particular language. I say language, it's a written script. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got various other skills as well. So some races I've got are uh, stereotypically have very extra tough skin. So you can buy that skill and get, you know, some extra hits. Yeah. Or they have skills in beguiling other people and sort of, you know, making charming them and making them fall under their influence under with particular spells. And you oh, can I like to send that. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is available to you and you can also take it another step further because yeah. there's like not i wouldn't say secret races um they're known as the the essence creatures and these essentially um things like vampires were creatures um but they've got other ones as well like warlocks paladins and druids as well which you have to go through certain you have to go find other players who have those abilities convince them to turn you into one go through a bunch of different sort of, you know, trials slash a coin flip. It's all very complicated. <laughs> but then you get access to another uh, law sheet, which gives you a whole other set of skills as well that you could possibly use. So it's really the game that's designed to be customizable to whatever kind of play style you want to you want do. To, it to, yeah. sounds it. It, it's, it is massive and it sounds complicated, but it kind of does mean that... If there is something you want to do, there is probably a way to do it. A way to do it, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's the? So that's the thing. Like you're saying, you, you obviously you play, you played Lauren Trust for years, and then like jumping into Empire. Empire seems to be a very good game for just like coming to one event for a year, or or coming to going to two events, and you're not there's not like a real like fast paced story. What's Lauren Trust like for that? Like say, if we wanted to come to like one event, would we be totally lost or would we be would you get like a you know a confined experience for the weekend um so all larp is obviously collective storytelling so essentially i don't believe there's any single larp that you could go to and just sort of have a story automatically on your doorstep waiting for you even smaller larps you're given where you're given like a brief you're kind of going to need to sort of go and shove at it 
and make it work for you. Um, with the Loring Trust, there are so many different plots going around because each faction has its own plot. There's the overarching world plot. Different guilds have their own plot. Under-16s have their own plot. There's so much you can get involved with. Um, most of the time, a plot will appear in your own faction through the form of a fight in some way. Yeah. And then players will start interacting with it on a you know non-combat basis. People have got often a lot of meetings. Meetings at LARPs are extensive. Do you find that Empire? Because I didn't see it. Em- Empire is pretty much all meetings. I mean, you, that, what I is mean, it with LARPers and meetings? Like I go, I go to lots of meetings for my job, and then I go and do it on my in my spare time as yes, well. You know that feeling where you're like in, that. like you know that feeling when you're in a meeting, just like a real life meeting. And you're sitting there and you're like, this could have been an email. Yes. Um, sometimes there was a couple of them that I did kind of like I was listening to. And I was just remember thinking this could have been like a poster handed out or something. Yeah. <laughs> this, I've had that. This. I've had that where I went to an event and um, a pl- one of the players had prepared like a leaflet explaining what was the plot leading up to this event, like in an in-character basis. And they handed it to me as I got there. I went, this is so helpful. There we go. Email. I now know. I now know why we're here. I now know why what we're fighting. I now know a bunch of different stuff. You know, this is really helpful. Yeah, more people should do this. Leaflets are great. I I think. I think. um, I don't know how they do it. LT, but I know uh, uh, PD do it in a way where. And when we spoke to Matt, he said it didn't. This wasn't something they started with. Was. How, like how do we know what what the outcome of these meetings are so that even so the players currently they get into these meetings but there's usually like a something that they have to say yes or no on basically it's usually like oh wait, yeah. we've got three choices we have to choose by this time on this day and then that gets put on a piece of paper and gets sent to plot basically mechanically yeah makes um, sense but yeah but apparently that isn't always a thing it wasn't definitely wasn't uh in pda because they were like oh they, they had full games where they would run they would yeah run a game where there was decisions being made and at the end of the event the plot team didn't know what decisions the players had made because they'd all got together they'd all had tons of meetings and um, everybody coming away from that meeting mm-hmm. had a different opinion of what actually was decided in that yes. meeting so it's yeah it's, it's really bad yeah yeah um it's no, it's it's almost in some cases like people don't want to be the one to make the decision yeah. because when it all goes wrong, everyone's going to blame them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's not how it's going to work. But yeah, if you came to sort of a law interest event, odds are you could walk into a plot quite quickly. Yeah. Um, if anything, just because one thing I always re- recommend new people do is there are NPCs in every single faction in the form of a ruler of some kind or an advisor to rulers or whatever. They're the people in charge and their job is to essentially engage you with the game. Right. So if you go to them at the start of the game before it's even sort of, you know, timed in and you're out of character and just go, hi, I'm new. I have no idea what plot's going on. Can you help me? And they, I've yet to meet anybody who goes, no, no, you just like, have to sort yourself out. Every single one of them is always so super helpful and just like, yes, I am. Um, come and see me as soon as the game starts, and I will direct you to somebody uh, somebody who can help you. Yeah, we can get you involved. Um, or um, you can just follow me around for a few hours because um, 
kings tend to end up in meetings with other important people. Um, and that's an excellent way to get involved in plot. In plot. I always recommend that to people as well. Um, if you ever are stuck with a plot, go find someone important and just offer to bodyguard them. Um, because yeah. odds are they'll end up in a, an important meeting and you'll learn something. Yeah, yeah. And you, even if he's just like passively absorbing what's going on as well, just be like, oh, yeah. this is how the game works. And especially, I guess, if you're like a newbie to role play as well, it, you might want yeah. to like just sit back and watch other people role playing like oh okay what's this all about yeah it's, i think it's really good for people who are not too sure what to do is to just have someone important to follow around yeah um odds are you'll end up accidentally saving their lives as well and then they'll be very grateful <laughs> and that will cause you more role play yeah. i mean that'd be pretty epic <laughs> yeah yeah what are your plans with the uh with your youtube channel because you're, do, you're doing like a series at the minute aren't you you're doing like a yeah i'm back channel. doing I'm back doing LARP 101. Mm -hmm. So this year I'm trying to answer more direct questions from my viewers um, because it's all well and good me telling you how to LARP, but you know, if there's something specific you want to know, I might as well answer that. Um, So that's going really well at the moment. I've got another episode coming out on Monday um, and possibly the week after uh, it's already filmed and ready to go, but I've got another video that I might release instead. Either way, another video is coming out next week as well. I'm really pushing it for once a week at the moment to try yeah. and uh, nice. get as much content out as possible. Yeah, I think the thing is that there is there is the there is the space for it because literally, you know, you 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 go on and you if you put it into the search engine, you know, there's not actually that many of us. You know, you you type in laugh and we all we all show up. You know, it's like <laughs> our, our little group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's really easy to get discouraged as a LARP content creator because um, there are very few games you can film at. So it's really hard to show a game if you're not allowed to film there. Um, Sitting and talking about a game doesn't always go very well. I found that it works a lot better in a podcast format. Um, So you guys, uh, LARP LARP and Tarps, the LARP News podcast, I find that works really well because it's essentially listening to a group of people talking, whereas a lot of us end up sitting at a camera talking oh. about an event that you can't show anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that tends to slow people down. And I think it's kind of hard to get traction when you kind of keep hitting those barriers. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of about creative thinking and um, finding people, especially and LARPs who are willing to work with you. Um. But yeah, I'm doing pretty pretty well. I've got um, a few laugh events I'm going to. I'm hoping to be film. I'm hoping to film at least two more other than the Laurie Trust this year. Yeah. Um, I think I will convince one, but not the other. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to basically interspace Lark 101 with a lot of sort of other creative projects I'm doing. I'm doing my very first Bergschneider challenge this year. Oh, so I've, nice. So yeah. I've got a coat, a cloak that I'm customizing. I am a terrible sewer. And I think the people on the on the challenge page are are worried for me <laughs> on so, how this is going to go. So, so what? How do you get into this challenge thing? Because I know I know the I know the store that you're talking about, but how do you? Yeah, get into Bergschneider. They're absolutely yeah. great, aren't they? Um, so the challenge itself is something that they started running. Uh, I think about a year, year and a half ago. Uh-huh. And essentially, it's really brilliant. What they do is they. Uh, you sign up for the challenge, you put in an email address, and essentially what you're doing is you're creating an agreement with them. And the agreement is that you will customize a piece of their clothing um, and you will show your progress on social media. So either on their Facebook page, on your Instagram, just make sure that you're tagging them in with the Bergschneider yeah. challenge um, 
hashtag. And in exchange, they will sell you the product you're cost- customizing at a discounted rate. So you can get nice. 10 quid off a cloak or something. Um, so, and then you customize it up to however it looks. Odds are that'll be more than the actual 10 pounds anyway. But let's face yeah, it, odds yeah. are we get hold of this stuff and we start customizing it to ourselves for various reasons regardless. So to get that little bit of money off. Yeah. And then at the end of each um, each challenge cycle, they choose the three that they like the most. And those people can win vouchers up to like $100 or so or 100 pounds. I can't remember yeah. which one. Yeah. Um, which you can just spend on more Berkshire yeah. stuff. So why not? <laughs> yeah, too right. Yeah, you, you were talking about like the type of type of content that uh, lot of content creators create. Obviously, mm-hmm. you say you mentioned podcasts and you know the, the you know the talking about LARP and LARP one ones. I mean the 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 ones that we're kind of I definitely feel pressure going into is like the you know the, the crafting side of it because a lot of people seem yeah. to be because like so you can't show a lot of LARP off, but yeah. people tend to if they're making content for LARP go oh yeah I, I made this circo or i made this uh, i made yeah. some mead to take to larp with me you know and that seems to be the ones that get the get the interaction because like you said it's 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 interesting stuff that you could watch but it's not yeah it really sucks how talented some of them are yeah <laughs> um the person who the person who i i am incredibly jealous of the more moment is morgan from larps and tarps because mm-hmm. i'm following his progress on instagram as he sews himself a new outfit and I can't sew for the life of me. Like <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, "Stuff you, Morgan! How dare you be so talented?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, crafting's a big one because everyone, especially with costumes and stuff, yeah. everyone loves a nice, pretty, you know, yeah. larp dress or surcoat or whatever. And if you if you can't sew, you just don't feel like you can quite keep up. And then to add to insult to injury, you've got the people who are good at crafting with foam and therefore can craft their own LARP weapons. And they're just like, look at this beautiful sword I made. Oh. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I, I can't do that at all. So you kind of have to learn how to work around it. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying the Bergschneider challenge to show how terrible I am at sewing, but how I can still make that work. Yeah. So my current thing at the moment is I've got a load of felt leaves that I got off okay. Etsy. And I'm sewing them into a mantle around the shoulders and then sewing them into the hood as well. So the aim is for the cloak to kind of look like a load of leaves has been dumped on top yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, yeah. And that'll look pretty cute. It's not going to be elegant, but it will look cute and it hopefully will work for sort of, you know, the Navarre at the autumn equinox. I'm sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Sure <laughs> so it'll be, it'll, it'll be all right. I don't think it's necessarily going to win, but it's, you know, it's challenging myself. So I think that's, but from a, kind of, yeah, from a yeah, from a content creation point of view, that's the type of thing people want to see. Like people, people don't, people aren't gonna, they they might click on a video to be like, oh yeah, look how talented this person is. But usually they're going right. How how do I? I want to get into LARP. How do I make? Oh look, there's someone's got a video on how to make a basic belt. You know, and it's that's what it's it's about going making it accessible for people. So if you don't know, it's it's even better if you don't know how to make that belt to yeah, start with. I- because you can learn and then just record how you learn to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people. I think that is the most relatable thing about you know when you start LARP is that when you all start start, you're almost all um, talentless and poor. Yeah. So so you've kind of just got to get creative or drown. Yeah. Um. Because most most of the people that start LARP are have no money. Yeah. So like videos that teach people how to LARP on a shoestring budget 
or teach people who, how to role play who have never role played before. Most of them have, because most LARPers I find have, uh, have kind of evolved from some form of tabletop role player. Yeah. But even yeah. then, it's very different um, because even for some people, it should be blatantly obvious that uh, tabletop role play does not necessarily translate to LARP. Mm-hmm. Um, you do sometimes get people who feel like they can describe what they're doing and that will be equally as valid as actually doing it that's that's Um, the downside of them not having film as well because we've had on our recent empire video our like like what is la la guide to empire like we've had people comment be like oh yeah you know i i just you know i i wanted to come to empire but i've just heard all this stuff about it how it's like elitist and my costume wasn't going to be good enough and i just i had all this anxiety about going but you gave a good clear picture of what it was going to be like, you know, as, as best, you know, as best we could, I guess, you know? And so, yes, yeah, so some people just have something different in their head and like, what is it, what is it going to be like? Then the same with like role yeah. playing. What is role playing going to be like? And if you can explain it, it helps people. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing I, I heard about Empire a lot as well was that um, some people were very kit snobby. And I've heard that both from people who, you know, went to Empire once and never went back, but I've also heard it from people who go to Empire on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it is quite intimidating when a LARP's already had that reputation. And Laurian Trust has that problem as well. Um, you might hear a lot of people refer to it as generally the McDonald's of LARP because, um, you know, it's nowhere near as sort of, you know, aesthetically pleasing as Empire. There are parts of it that are like, if you ever want to see, so- see something, um, if you go to... Um, winter picked photography i'll send you a link for it later okay, yeah, on yeah, instagram yeah, below, yeah. he takes almost exclusive photos of the bears faction at the Lorien trust the bears faction i think look like they should be an empire um they are incredibly uh, dedicated to their aesthetic it's very detailed it looks absolutely stunning you could literally pick them up drop them in the empire field and nobody would know that they ever came from a different lot they they are very on point but at the same time at the Lorian Trust, you get some people who are in some pretty goofy costumes because there is kind of that creative aspect to it yeah. where people don't really think about it too much. And some people wear some really weird stuff. Yeah. So you kind of and you kind of have to suspend, you know, disbelief looking yeah. at them. Yeah. And so they, it kind of has that reputation of sort of being a LARP that doesn't care too much. Yeah. Which is not true. Really not true. The players um at the Lorian Trust are every bit as dedicated and as talented role players at Empire, there is literally no distinction in the level of role play between them. It's just, I think they have different priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And for the Empire lot, I think the priority is to have an incredibly immersive sort of almost Lord of the Rings aspect to their LARP where you are literally wandering around that camp and your suspension of reality is disbelief. It is, it's just there. Yeah. You can easily believe that you are not in the real world at all. Like I know it's right near Silverstone, but like literally I could not hear any of the cars going around the track until the event was over. And I was sat packing down and suddenly it was just like, did they just start today? Because I know they've been going all weekend. It's weird. And a few people have said that, how it like blocks out the surrounding sounds and even yeah. some surrounding buildings and things. People like, I, I've had people being like, hey, have you ever noticed the house? And I'm like, what house? Yeah, house <laughs> There's a house. house. There's a house. There's a building the somewhere around here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, and I admire Empire so much for committing to that and its players for committing to that as well. And I think at the Lorient Trust, I think the big commitment is not necessarily to have an immersive role play experience, 
but to kind of have a role play experience where you can be limitless where you can literally turn around and go this is what I want to be this is how I want to do it I'm going to do it and there's no sort of little box that I'm confined by because I can make it work one way or the other and that's another way great way of approaching it as well and neither are wrong yeah it's just different ways of approaching it yeah and I think it's all brilliant yeah, well, that, that's that's the importance of of yeah creators like yourself like put, putting that across because yeah it's all very well being like oh yeah we don't we don't do film we do this we just have a little we have a website and a rule book but for new players especially I, I like like now especially people research things a lot I I I would be very I'd be very wary of just jumping in and trying this is what maybe I'm struggling a little bit with with coming into the LARP hobby even now like i i would always look if i'm going to join like a martial arts club i will look go on there i will go on their instagram i will go on their website i will check out see if they put any videos up any pictures i will look at reviews i will go right what's what's the credentials of this but back in the 90s i would just gone all right there's a martial arts club i would just i'll just go and see what it's like but people people do the former now you know (laughs) people will yeah go on youtube and be like laurie and trust what's it like empire what's it like you know yeah yeah and the thing as well with lot reviews as well is you do find people that are generally harsh because most of the vocal people online tend to be complaining yeah, yeah. um yeah. just to add especially if you're on like facebook and stuff and if you go on them like most people you're going to find are talking about how this wasn't right or that wasn't right we didn't like this you yeah. should change this and that's a really unfair way of looking at larp because i get that larps need feedback yeah. Um, because it's the only way they're going to improve, but it kind of almost erases the goodness of it. And the goodness is still there. You still get people going, Oh, wasn't this part great? Here's some photos I took at the event. Yeah. And, it, and it looks brilliant, but advertising for LARP is so scarce. Yeah. yeah. And we often find ourselves, even at, even at LARPCon, we often find ourselves advertising to people who are already into the hobby in some way, shape, because everybody who goes to LARPCon is either already LARPing or has committed themselves enough to go to this con because they really want to. And odds are that means they don't live very far from the con. That's yeah. It's in Colville in Leicestershire. <laughs> no one who has never tried before LARP before is going to come up from Cornwall. No, no. Well, no and, one. And what, one, of the, so, one of the coolest things that, like, even though we're, re- and you might be the same as us, like, you, you obviously a lot of our interaction comes from people that, are, like you said, are already into LARP. Uh, but we have like a small group of people. We've got one person saying, yeah, I'm looking at tickets to fly from America to come to Empire because yeah. they follow all our stuff. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Because like, you're just like, oh, I've, I've, we've literally, yeah, we've literally yeah. put it in front of them being like, you should come and laugh. And they've gone, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite messages that I get are from people who literally go, I'm going to my first laugh this year. Thank you so much for your videos. Um, I'm now... It's been so much easier to plan through. I know what I want to do. Um, I feel like I'm going to be really safe there. And, yeah. that, and that, that's all I want to hear. Yeah. That's literally everything is just hearing that one person is going to go and try LARP and feels comfortable to do so. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do, it's right? Yeah, great. Yeah, we're yeah to, we want more people to come play with us. Exactly. We want people to come. We want them to know that it's it's it's, it's great we fun. Want, You're going to be fine. We're all lonely <laughs> and we want more friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's what the truth come is. Please come just like, come play with me. <laughs> Please come play with me. All right. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah we're terrible. Is, yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, on that note, we are we are uh, well. We're over time. Uh, Jess, do you want to do you want to plug anything else? Anything else you got coming up that you want to tell the world? Um, just more LARP one hundred and one coming up. Um, I'm going to be at LARPCon on the second. Uh, nope, second of March. When is it? Fourth of March. Fourth of March. I, I, Saturday. It, well, yeah, Robin, Robin, Robin's probably got it on a calendar somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be LARPCon on the fourth. Yeah, of March. Yeah, it is the fourth of March. No, yeah. Um. Yeah, got a few more. Got quite more LARP 101s. Got some other videos coming out. It's awesome. going to be every week going forward. So Fantastic. plenty of things coming out. Keep up Thank you both very much for having me. Nope. I love your podcast. I think it was really fun. I think more people should listen. Yes. Um, and I've had, a, I've had loads of fun. <laughs> well, we've, we've had, it's been a pleasure having you, Jess. Go check out our adventuring party, right? On yeah. uh, on YouTube. We'll put all of you, put all the socials and all of the uh, all the links down in the description uh, go check out our adventuring party uh, anyway we'll say goodbye to the podcast everyone right Bye. Thank you very much for stopping by. If you enjoyed this show, consider leaving us a comment, leave us a thumbs up. If you want to find Jess and our adventuring party, you can do so in the links in the description. You can also ring the bell so you know when another episode is posted. If you can go and check out some of our other episodes that we have done. Until next time, though, we love you and stay safe.